welcome to our presentation tonight. I'm really excited to get started with you guys. Um, this is a really exciting one for me tonight. I'm trying to put together a series of workshops that I can give you guys a lot of information on what you can do to recover from your adrenal gland problem and realize that it's more than just an adrenal gland problem. It's a systemic inflammatory problem, it's a hormonal problem, it's an endocrine problem, it's a immune problem, and from a microscopic level, it is a mitochondrial problem. And as I go into my research more and more, I tend to believe that there isn't such a thing as adrenal fatigue in the sense that it's much more than adrenal fatigue. Sure, the adrenals get faulty and their feedback loops break down and their amount of cortisol that they release is 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 impaired but it's so much more than that and and I think that adrenal fatigue doesn't capture the amount of problems that are going on when someone is suffering with energy problems so and they don't have uh, they don't have the focus and the energy and the get up out of bed and bound and get your to-do list done and then um, have energy sustained throughout the day uh, handling stress well and and we're all run down and, and that's what happens so so really wanted to ex explain to you the title of our presentation today it's everything your doctor won't tell you about adrenal fatigue and how you can design a recovery strategy that will put you on the fast track to bouncing out of bed and having sustained energy throughout the entire day that sounds like a mouthful um, but everyone wants that um, I want you guys to silence your cell phones, and that's more for you guys. I, I have that at the beginning of every presentation so that you can focus. And that's a huge problem, you know, with our information world where we have so many browser windows open and we're going from one to the next to the next, and then our cell phone beeps and we have a interruption. And it's like that Pavlovian dog that gets conditioned on a dinger where they taught the dog to start to salivate right after or give him some food and then ring a bell and then the, the dog will eventually make the connection between the bell and salivating where you don't even need to give them the food you can just ring the bell and we become conditioned when our environmental stimuli start to um, give cues or, stim or stimulus and and we elicits a response in us that we don't even realize that's causing us to to cause a stress response and that stress response is prolonged and we're just not engineered to have that kind of uh, demand and supply keep up with each other so um, again uh, I always have to get the the legalities out of the way uh, some housekeeping legal disclaimer the information including but not limited to text graphics images and other materials contained in this presentation is for informational purposes only the purpose of this conference is is to provide an understanding and knowledge of various health topics it is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment uh, and before undertaking a new health care reg regimen and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've encountered in this presentation all right, so everything your doctor won't tell you about adrenal fatigue and how you can design a recovery strategy that, you'll, that will put you on a fast track to bouncing out of bed and having sustained energy throughout the day. Uh, my name is Dr. Joel Rosen. I am a trained chiropractic physician. 
Uh, I am also a diplomat in the American Associated, uh, Association of Integrative Medicine, and I am a graduate of uh, Functional Medicine University, and so we call ourselves a Certified Functional Medicine Practitioner. I am currently in the process of becoming a diplomat in nutrition, and anything that Dr. Ben Lynch puts out on his Seeking Health sites, um, which is open for the public as well, and, and genetics and methylation and nutrigenomics, um, I gobble that up like a nerd. I, I really am. I, I spend a lot of time studying this stuff so that I can help you guys. And that's really my passion. You know, I've suffered with an adrenal gland problem and problems I continue to. You know, I continue to have stress with business. I continue to have stress with family. I have t uh, two teenage twins. I have a lot of uh, student loans still to pay, uh, a lot of business loans, and then just marriage is always rocky based on all of those things. So I think that's what puts me in the in the trenches with you guys is I, I live it and I, I, I understand what it is to be stressed and to be able to um, handle all the things that come your way on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, I think that's what makes me a little different in that that's, that's my passion to try to help recover my own body and then use what I learned to help you guys uh, recover with your problems. And it's definitely doable. It's little hinges that swing big doors. You gotta just make little, little steps every single day, whether it's drinking uh, non-tap water to trying to avoid toxic exposures in deodorants and, and aluminums and um, trying to get good quality air when you're driving in traffic to close your ventilator so that you're not taking in the oxygen from the outside and then when you get out into the country you open up the windows small little things like that that you can do on a day-to-day -day basis that are going to help you repair your your internal environment so I have a free gift for you guys. Um, we're gonna be having a lot of fun together tonight, so um, before we get started, I wanna let you know at the end of this presentation, I'm gonna give you guys an offer that uh, I think is a really great deal, uh, especially as it comes to uh, testing your adrenal glands and getting a really, really precise test because the, the test that we're gonna talk about tonight is a really awesome test. And so um, you're gonna, you can work one-on-one -on -one with me. You can do it in any capacity that you, that you choose. Um, I typically put together a couple of different programs for you guys. We'll talk about that at the end. And basically, that's going to be my special gift to you guys for attending this workshop and understanding what it is that it's going to take to get you better. It makes my job a lot easier because you become an educated patient, and then that way we're able to help educated patients help themselves. All right, so um, what we're going to cover, um, what you're going to cover firstly is why your doctor doesn't even believe in adrenal fatigue as a, legit a legitimate condition and why traditional medicine uh, for adrenal fatigue is incomplete and more often than not uh, is useless for helping you um, get uh, be recognized and get the care that you deserve it's really a shame um, politically speaking I think it's because there's really no medications that have been patented to, to help with um, adrenal fatigue I mean they do have cortisol and medjool dose packs um, but that's really not working and people become really addicted to that. And as you'll see as I do a, um, a nutrigenomic or 23andMe or methylation seminar pretty soon coming up here, you'll see that these things are inhibitors to your already malfunctioning genes. And so what does that mean? I always use analogies, and we'll talk about this a little later as well, but I like to use analogies to simplify it for you because genetics is a really complicated subject. 
and we're just on the tip of the iceberg of understanding all the health implications in our chronic problems, in our adrenal problems, in our energy problems. And so what happens is we have all of these uh, genetic information. I'll get patients all the time calling me and asking me, um, I have this gene SNP and I'm using this supplement and what other things do you recommend? And I tell them to like, let's, let's think about genes as, as the hardware, but let's think about epigenetics or the things that impact the hardware as the software. And those software issues are gonna ultimately crash the hardware. And so epigenetic components like um, stress, or uh, a relationship or toxicity or um, an environmental exposure to mold or not keeping your blood sugar stable throughout the day or medications, xenobiotics or what we initially started to go down this road was NSAIDs. NSAIDs are huge, corticosteroids are huge inhibitors to genes that aren't working properly. So what I explained to patients is if your genes aren't working properly, they're less efficient at making enzymes and enzymes are less uh, are required to make reactions happen or make energy to be produced. So if your genes are not working at, at optimal efficiency, then the example I use, it's kind of like an eight lane highway that um, becomes less than an eight lane highway. So if you have a, a, a heterozygous SNP, you've inherited one gene from either mom or from dad, then, then you have a four lane highway. And it's obviously not this simple, but that, that gets us understanding how that impacts the highway. And then if you have both genes from mom and from dad, that's a homozygous SNP, that's a two-lane highway. So if you have a two-lane highway, how well are you gonna travel on that highway, on that stretch of highway? Not very well, it's gonna slow down. But imagine a tractor trailer being spilled out in the middle of the highway. That's gonna be like the double whammy or the perfect storm. You're just not gonna get through that traffic. And NSAIDs, if you go look at a pathway planner and find out what are all the different inhibitors to the different genes, there are so many of them that are inhibited by NSAIDs. And, and that sucks because that causes further complications to your energy production. And I'll have a webinar on that if you guys um, express an interest sooner rather than later, then we'll do that shortly. But we'll explain why that's happening. We'll also go over five variables that must be addressed that you that you may very well be missing if you have any hopes whatsoever of recovering from adrenal fatigue. Um, there's so many little low-hanging fruits, I call them, like anemias or deficiencies of nutrients or blood sugar instability or, or thyroid issues, liver issues. Um, kidney issues, all of those things, they're not easy, but they're, they're things that need to be done before you start doing methylation stuff. And so we'll talk about those variables shortly. Um, we'll also talk about the most accurate tests that are on the market and how they literally detail exactly um, how your chronic stress mechanisms are breaking down and what exactly you need to do to rebuild them. So they really help you put your game plan together. And like I've mentioned before, the best test is only as good as the next test. And so I'm not test happy and feel like we have to test you as often as possible, but if we put a program together and we don't retest you to find out if you're improving, great you say that you feel better or terrible you say you feel worse, but what did our protocol do? Did it, did it improve your feedback loops? Did it cause your total cortisol levels to go lower or higher? How's your estrogen breaking down? Is it impacting testosterone and DHEA? Are you high on... Um, 
on some other metabolites like uh, angiostenedione or or some other phase two estrogen breakdown so there's a lot of things that you can learn and you know when you do an ACTH test you're just not going to learn that and it's unfortunate because I do I am from a traditional medical family my family are, are all medical doctors and I'm the weird old black sheep guy that hurt his back when he was in college and I didn't I refused to go for surgery and so I rehabbed it. My, my undergraduate degree was in exercise physiology. I rehabbed it on my own, and I was really mad that I could have gone through surgery and, and not, you know, not rehabbed it with, with conservative measures. So, um, so the problem is, is that medication or medicine does a great job with these acute conditions. But when you have a chronic condition, when you have fatigue and mitochondrial dysfunction and toxic exposure and anemias and blood sugar dysregulation, and mold and all of these different things that are in our environment that's that's more so than any point in history and time then you can't medicate yourself to good health you just can't take a pill and and make it all get better and certainly pills have a time and place but when you have so many things that are breaking down you take pill a for symptom a pill b for symptom b pill c for symptom c and then you take pill d for side effect of pill a and then you know it just becomes chasing your tail and that's that's just crazy i mean i I had some patients in here the other day and they had I think eight or nine or ten different medications they're taking and it's just how intuitively is that not depleting their nutrients is that not causing side effects is that not causing some some increased problems beyond what they're taking the pill for in the first place so I think we lose sight of that in the medical profession and it's also because reimbursements stink more today than they ever you know ever were pay doctors get paid less for a visit than they did um, many years ago and overhead goes up and 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 everything goes up and I talked about this last week and doctors have less time to spend with you at the end of the day they they have an algorithm if you have this take that if you don't have that then don't do anything and next I gotta see the next person so it's unfortunate and with adrenal fatigue uh, sufferers they certainly fall through the cracks a lot of the time so we're also going to talk about the X factor we kind of talked about that a little bit the epigenetics and the genetic component that every adrenal sufferer must learn um, that even your primary doctor doesn't even know about in order to learn the exact nutrients that you need to start your journey journey for recovery um you know what nutrigenomics versus pharmacokinetics that's that's a good blog post that i'm going to be working on and so what does it mean nutrigenomics means understanding your biochemistry and how your enzymes work and how the cofactors work and how the end product works and what that's used to to do in the body like make natural killer cells or make to fight off an infection or to make glutathione to fight off free radical damage or to regenerate dna so that you can have good bases and and regeneration of your tissue to make neurotransmitters to do all of these things um, if you if you understand the biochemistry which uh, all of doctors whether they're homeopathic doctors naturopathic doctors allopathic doctors chiropractors all of them learn in biochemistry 101 and you even learn that in high school chemistry you learn Krebs cycle you learn the electron transport chain you learn all of these things um, and you understand the the energy production and, and the cofactors and, and the things that are required to make energy happen Whereas the, that's nutrigenomics, understanding how all of these things work and then trying to help patients that have weak links in, in making that work and, and, and supporting them. 
and not just taking supplements forever and ever you don't set it and forget it but you test and you and you and you pulse and you see how a person does and and then you try to live under the bell-shaped curve meaning if you're having a terrible day and you know which which way your 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 genes are expressing or which way your stressors are manifesting then you 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 understand your body and you 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 have a remedy for it whereas if you just take a supplement every single day we become over nutrient uh, we get too much nutrients in our body and and those can cause problems as well so that's nutrigenomics um, pharmacokinetics is is the same thing but from a pharma pharmaceutical point of view so understanding how the these these enzymes work and what the cofactors are and then you have drugs that are like re-inhibitor uh, intake um, sorry sorry selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors so they they block the action of these um, reuptake uh, receptors so that you have a longer shelf life if you will of some of your brain uh, neurotransmitters um, but that's not really fixing the problem and you know what's so ironic and kind of depressing is is that you'll have a, a supplement and you'll have a doctor say hey don't take this supplement because it's gonna potentiate or it's gonna it's gonna increase the activity of this drug and I'm like, how backwards is that? How, why wouldn't you think, okay, let's maybe not take this pill because it's going to impact the, the nutrient. And, and unfortunately, I think what happens is pharm pharmacy, you know, they make the rules and they're billion dollar industries and, and it's really the, their imperative to get you on medication. So anyways, um, we're also going to discover an easy and effective adrenal fatigue recovery protocol. Um, not some generic protocol that you've probably tried and you have your Santa Claus Biago supplements and you're still suffering. So, um, and I like less is more. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and, uh, and there's so much medications and supplements that they take and, and sometimes I'm guilty of it too where we want to help you so much and we see some deficiencies or some inflammation areas or, or just some mechanical breakdowns and you really have to prioritize. You just can't take this, take that, take this, take that. It, it becomes almost the same thing as taking pill A for, for symptom A and pill B. for. It, you don't want to do that. You want to try to address the nutritional and lifestyle um, mechanics, if you will, and then try to figure out what the priority is. And so that's why I talk about not a generic protocol. All right, so why your doctor doesn't even believe in adrenal fatigue? Um, to qualify for a diagnosis of adrenal insufficiency, aka adrenal fatigue, adrenal exhaustion, adrenal breakdown, adrenal burnout, which typically no doctor is even going to recognize, but they're all the same thing. And the way the medical field looks at it is something called adrenal insufficiency. Uh, endocrinologists have agreed on a, a specific set of clinical and laboratory parameters that have to be met. And if one or two or three are missing, even if two or three are there, then they really don't fit the definition. And that comes down to an insurance problem. Because if you have someone, for example, who has a macrocytic anemia, they have to have red blood cells that are low, they have to have hematocrit that is low, and they have to have hemoglobin that is low, and then they have to have their, uh, their MCVs be high, their MCHCs be high. Um, and if they're all not high, then you can't call it a macrocytic anemia. 
Um, you can't call it a, a, an ICD-9 code that you can submit to insurance because by definition, it doesn't meet the criteria. But the, does that mean that because they are three out of five or four to five, they, they're not tired and they're, they're not um, uh, having difficulty carrying oxygen in their blood supply and, and causing methylation reactions to happen? No, of course it means that that's happening. But just because it doesn't fit the diagnosis of, of an ICD-9 cone doesn't mean necessarily that that person isn't legitimately tired it's just i i make the joke but that person's getting a c plus on the test they're not failing the grade and they're told that they're normal and that's that's ridiculous so anyways the test is called an adrenal insufficiency uh rapid uh acth stimulation test or they call it just a rapid acth stimulation test um i post, posted this on facebook the other day i think it's a great diagram basically if you look at it says why your doctor doesn't believe in adrenal fatigue you have the hpa axis so you have a stressor and we've talked about all these stressors and i want you to start thinking of stressors as epigenetic factors uh, things that are occurring outside of the body that are impacting inside of the body and so a stressor can be um so many things i i, I use analogies all the time and, and the stressor is kind of like a meat grinder and when you make sausages you put in veal you put in chicken you put in beef you put in all these different types of of meats to make that one sausage and one casing and it's the same thing with stressors it's emotional stressors um, and those are on you know those are at an all-time high with our fast-paced uh, westernized society of of having a go 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 and and make 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 and never having enough um, money to pay for your bills and to do all these things and and at the end of the day those are all stressors the job the boss the wife, the, the husband, the child, the parents, all of these are emotional stressors. Um, stressors are also physical stressors, whether it's trauma from an injury, it's sitting down in front of a computer all day long, it's being at an airport and being in front of radiation or, or being in, a, in a, a factory or a salon that has solvents or solutions or um, all of these, those, those are physical chemical stressors that impact your body and so what happens is the hypothalamus it senses all of these stressors and it's the regulating part in the brain that tells the body hey what's going on and and so what it does is it it tells the pituitary it releases crh or cortical releasing hormone and says hey pituitary you got to go tell the adrenals that they need to um, step it up a notch here they got to switch gears they got to handle this stressor they got to break down tissue they got to increase blood supply they got to increase respiratory function or it, they got to bring it back down because the adrenaline rush happened first and we just got to switch gears and when a clutch is broken and it's a bumpy ride that's kind of the analogous to the cortisol levels not working properly but anyways then the adrenal glands will secrete its hormones and these are cortisol and epinephrine and norepinephrine and mineral corticoids and what really should be on this diagram i wonder if you guys can see my mouse i don't know if you can or not but what you should see is um it should come back here to the HPA axis, to the hypothalamus right here, it actually does, but there should be a, uh, a minus sign. So it should be plus here 
and then minus here. And so the hypothalamus says, okay, there's enough, there's enough cortisol in the blood supply that we can tell the CRH to slow down or we don't have to release so much CRH and the pituitary can settle down and the adrenal glands can settle down. But when this whole feedback loop keeps going and going and going, eventually the hypothalamus fatigues the pituitary and the pituitary stops releasing or slows down its release of ACTH. However, what happens with the ACTH uh, rapid test is a doctor is going to give you ACTH and they're going to see if your adrenal glands have any output of cortisol whatsoever. And most of the time they do because the adrenal glands are very resilient and, and it's a priority in our body to be able to handle stress and break down uh, stored energy and have glucose readily available. And, and usually it's an autoimmune disease when you have a strict adrenal insufficiency, meaning your own tissues are attacking the uh, parts of the adrenal gland that secretes these, these hormones. And so typically the ACTH test is, is going to be normal. And, and so how often though do, do we give ourselves ACTH to be able to, um, oh, I think I got it. someone got some feedback on someone. I wonder if I can, if I start, I'm going to just see if I can mute you guys here. Um, one second here. I don't know how to do that. If you if you guys are on the call, if you can, it'd be great if you guys can just sort of get a little bit of feedback here. Sorry about that. So let's go back to this slide here. And so so basically the um, the adrenal glands are being uh, told to secrete cortisol based on ACTH. And when we do an ACTH test, we're, we're giving ACTH and causing the adrenal glands to secrete cortisol. So it's kind of like a fool's gold test because we don't give our body ACTH. And it doesn't test if there's a pituitary problem. It just specifically tests if there's an adrenal problem. It doesn't test if there's a hypothalamus problem. It doesn't test a lot of things. It's just basically straight out saying, are the adrenals responding when we give it some stimulation? And, and, and if they are, then we don't think you have adrenal fatigue. In fact, we don't think there's anything such as adrenal fatigue. So that's why your doctor doesn't believe in adrenal fatigue. Two types of adrenal insufficiencies are defined. Destruction or dysfunction of the cortex of the adrenal gland is responsible for the suboptimal response. This is known as primary adrenal cortical insufficiency or Addison. So the ACTH is being released and the cortisol is just not mounting any response and, and that's a primary problem. The other type of adrenal insufficiency is a suboptimal response of the adrenal gland secondary to the pituitary. So just what I mentioned, if the pituitary doesn't release enough ACTH, then the, the problem is not in the adrenal gland itself. The problem is in the, the mechanism of telling the adrenal gland to, when to fire. Um, both are medical definitions of adrenal insufficiency, and both result in decreased cortisol output. Um, conventional medicine recognizes only these two as legitimate diseases of low cortisol secretions and hence um, uh, breakdown of the adrenal glands. So um, I, I don't know why <laughs> this is drawing right now, um, but I'm trying to look at my slide a little bit lower and I actually can't see it. So um, we're going to go to the next slide. So um, also why your doctor doesn't believe in adrenal fatigue is because of the fact that they do a morning cortisol test 
and all they're looking at is does your adrenals which secrete cortisol which is on a circadian rhythm which means in the morning when there's light we should have really really high amounts of cortisol and then in the daytime in the nighttime we should steadily have those levels go down to their lowest levels and and then every single day it should go high and then low and then high and then low and so what the doctors do is they test your cortisol in the morning and if it achieves a minimum amount of output then you're told your cortisol levels are fine and I always exa exactly like to use analogies and the analogy I, ha I made up on this one is imagine me staring out into the ocean and I got blinders on um, on either side of my eyes and I'm just looking straight ahead and someone is asking me do you see any ships out in the ocean and I look out and I say, no, I don't see any ships out in the ocean. Then they ask me, are there any ships out in the ocean? I say, nope, there's no ships out in the ocean. Then I take my blinders off and I look to the periphery of what I couldn't see. And all of a sudden there was ships in the ocean. I can't believe it. How could that be? Because I couldn't see them. And that's the same thing with a circadian rhythm and testing morning cortisol levels is you're just looking at one time of the day. You're not looking at other times of the day whatsoever. And so when you do that type of um, ignorant type of testing, then you're saying there's no such thing as adrenal fatigue because your cortisol levels are mounting a little bit of a response. And we don't care if it's a nice uh, bounding response throughout the day and then slowly um, at the, in the nighttime it goes down. We just care that in the morning it wasn't a good response. And if you do have a good response, you don't have any adrenal issues. And so that's, unfortunately, um, we continue to suffer because of those wrong consequences or those wrong conclusions so that's why your doctor doesn't believe in adrenal fatigue in fact one of the known shortcomings to the actual ACTH test is the fact that a positive um, that a positive test that is a suboptimal response doesn't tell you in and of itself that the problem is due to a primary problem or is the problem due to a secondary problem I mean even just the test itself doesn't discern okay let's say you're positive when we release um, ACTH and and your adrenals don't mount a response, we can't really actually tell you if the problem's in the adrenal glands itself or if it's the pituitary. And that's because you injected ACTH. So you, you, you supported your, you know, a, an unnatural response for your pituitary, which we don't know if it's the reason why you're not mounting a response in the first place. Furthermore, uh, a normal response by the adrenal glands to a rapid ACTH st stimulation test does not consider the, the response if it's a partial secondary insufficiency because of decreased functioning of the pituitary or decreased stress responsiveness of the feedback loops that coordinate the release of cortisol from the adrenal glands. That's a bit of a mouthful, but basically it doesn't look at how the mechanics are breaking down and why there may be a decreased output of cortisol. So you don't really qualify what the problem is. Uh, what about adequate cellular effects of metals like mercury, lead, aluminum, the presence of viruses, toxins, nutritional, and mineral deficiencies can all prevent um, a, a, a sub, uh, can, can cause a suboptimal response. So it's, it's responding, it's not a great one, um, but we call it positive, we call it negative, and we don't realize that 
that all of these other factors are, 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 call it, are causing it to have a, um, a quantitative or a, an absolute amount of decreased um, cortisol response. I know it's a little difficult for you, um, but basically it's a, it's a crappy test. Think of it like that. What about cor correct feedback to the hypothalamus and pituitary to determine how the adrenals are acting on the cellular level? Uh, think of this breakdown like a broken thermostat on an air conditioning unit. If the temperature is not beginning to, if the temperature is beginning to climb, but the thermostat is not registering the temperature change, then the air condition won't kick in. And that's a great example. Um, that's a lot of the times the feedback loops that get broken, um, and that's what happens with the feedback loops of your of your hormones as well. And not just your adrenals, your your mainly your thyroid as well. And that's a big problem. Also, um, I think I actually have a, a duplicate in the slide. Sorry about that. So I'm just going to go to the next one. Um, so bottom line on those two points is the ACTH test and the, the morning cortisol test that I see every day in my practice that patients come in with. I just feel like it's a useless test. If there is a positive test, then great. It's not great that you have it, but great that we know that there typically is an autoimmune problem. And those are really the worst of the worst patients. Um, but if there is a negative test, then that doesn't necessarily mean that they have they don't have an adrenal problem, and that's that's a huge that's a huge aha moment. The five variables that must be addressed um, is relying on standard lab ranges to assess your problem. Um, it's difficult to make health conclusions on ranges that are set by the average person uh, that goes to the lab the year prior because that's what they do. And I've talked about this in my last workshop with you guys. Um, we are being compared to a sick population. And if you're not sicker than the average sick person, then you're wrongly concluding that you're healthy. And that's the easiest way of, of saying it is, is that if you have um, a, a C plus on a test, uh, then we're saying that you're normal. And so if you have, um, if you're sicker than the average sick person, and these are, these are not necessarily adrenal tests, these are just basic tests like uh, anemias, like I mentioned earlier, and that's a huge disruptive energy production process in the body, um, or, or blood sugar dysregulation, or liver enzyme elevation, or immune dysregulation where white blood cells are, are functionally high, or neutrophils are functionally high, or, or, or lymphocytes are functionally high. These are all indicative of immune stressors of viruses and parasites and bacteria that we are ignoring because patients are not sicker than the average sick person. Those don't mean that they're necessarily an adrenal problem, but they certainly impact your immune system, they impact your ability to make energy, and, and you're left with feeling exhausted and being told that your tests are normal. So that's gonna impact your ability to get better by being compared to the normal person, or to the normal unhealthy person. Uh, other variables, the second variable I see in adrenal fatigue sufferers missing the majority of the time is the impact that, that gut health and food reactivities play. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always shocked to find my autoimmune patients that have been to a gastrointestinal doctor when I ask them, hey, did the doctor ever mention to you that there's a problem with foods that you could be eating, how they're pathogenic or there's a lot of um, anti antibody production to these foods that are mistakenly being um, taken for a foreign invader and, and and so what that means is 
foods have uh, protein structures that are very similar to the protein structures of cell walls like bacteria and viruses. And so our immune system is programmed to break down those bacterial walls through a production of an antibody and other, other mechanics of immune response. Um, but from an antibody production, we react to, ant to antigens, which are protein structures, and they're in foods, and they're, they're typically activated because of glyphosphates and Roundup and pesticides and antibiotics and a lot of junk that goes in our foods, like chemicals. And so when they trigger an immune-based response, now all of a sudden you've developed an immune reactivity, not an allergy, so you're not reacting in terms of producing an IgE cell and you're having an immediate reaction and you're positive or negative with a skin fold test. This is a secondary intolerant or sensitivity test that's delayed and can take somewhere in the, the two to three days, or sorry, sorry, two to three days. It can take several hours um, or a couple days to have some kind of response depending on how much or little of that food that you ingested. So I always kind of joke around and saying to my patients that they say they eat gluten and eat you know just very little bit of it or they eat cross-reactive gluten-free stuff like oats or rice or barley or amaranth or spelt and they become gluten-free addicts and they say well I don't eat very much of it and, 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 and you don't have to be 1% pregnant to be pregnant. You're If you're 1% pregnant or 99% pregnant it's a threshold. You're either are or you aren't and if you're reacting to it um, in the very little bit of way or, 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 or a big way um, there's no such thing. Your immune system is reacting at, at, in the very least and that's creating inflammation in your body and those are when the adrenal glands have to kick in and that whole hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis kicks in and and causes a response over and over and over and over again so i see that being missed a lot with patients and and not only that with with my next workshop next week i'm going to talk about h pylori infections because that's a huge one that i see being missed a lot of uh, the other variable is that leads to your prolonged suffering is inadequate adrenal gland testing. I mean, we just kind of talked about that. Um, that's a huge problem. If you've been told that you're that you're negative because your ACTH test was normal or your um, your morning cortisol levels were normal, hopefully you know by now that that's not representative of the mechanics of what could be causing your adrenal glands to not be working properly. The fifth variable, sorry, the, the fourth variable um, is that is being missed are, are things that are dragging you down. And, and these are really, really, really debilitating things. And we all have them to a certain extent, like Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, herpes simplex virus, human papillomavirus, Lyme's, molds, parasites. Um, all of these pathogens, mycotoxicities, mycoplasms, yeast, candida, to a certain extent, parasites, we have some kind of um, bugs in our in our system. Our biome is, is expansive and, and there's ultimately going to be a certain percentage of unhealthy bacteria to healthy bacteria and, and that's going to really drag you down. So we can clean up your gut. You can go gluten-free. You can try to understand your methylation. I see a lot of patients that have, have just looked at their MTHFR and, and started methylfolate and and they started to take SAMe or 5-HTP and they, and they get revved up or they, they go in the wrong direction. And at the end of the day, they have 
haven't identified what is it that's dragging your immune system down? What's causing chronic repetitive stress? And and maybe a job is, and maybe a marriage is, and maybe uh, a home with, with pollutants is, because those things need to be screened too. And maybe I should have had that on the slide as well. But really, most of the time, it's when your virus viruses are, are active and, and they're debilitating, your white blood cells are going to be lower than 5, um, your lymphocytes are going to be higher than, than 40, and we're going to see some signs that you have some low-grade virals. And typically, I'll, I'll, I'll ask patients to go back to their doctor and ask them to do some viral testing so we can determine what, what it is that's dragging you down. So I see that being missed a lot. Um, the fifth variable um, that's being missed that continues to prolong your suffering that's not being utilized is the nutrigenomics. And it's not just MTHFR. And so there's so many genes out there um, in the process of writing that report of the X factor, and, in, and that's going to be done soon. And it's going to detail about um, how epigenetics and genetics relate to each other and cause um, human suffering. And so at the end of the day, it's your ability to make energy. We talked about nutrigenomics. We talked about cofactors and substrates and end products and inhibitors and, and enhancers and all of those things. They're going to impact your ability to make energy from the mitochondrial level. And if you're not doing a good job of that, then, then you're going to have power outages. And at the end of the day, if you had to go right now and, and Dr. Rosen was just rambling on and, and it was, you're just tired and your brain's tired and there's one thing that you took from this this seminar would be that you have mitochondrial dysfunction. We all have mitochondrial dysfunction to a certain extent, um, but if you have the perfect storm and nutrient deficiencies and endocrine disorders and a slow thyroid and, and toxic exposures and a mutated gene, then your mitochondria is developing too much oxidative stress and it's not, it's not um, working optimally. And, and you need to fix, we need to fix that. So the most accurate adrenal test on the market, the first place is the Dutch test. And I'm going to have a couple of webinars because my goal is to have a webinar a week. Um, um, I'm going to have a webinar on just case studies of the Dutch test because there's so many that I'm seeing nowadays that um, are all representative of, of the patients that are fans of my Facebook page and that are on the line tonight that they could have high cortisol, low cortisol, high and low cortisol. They can have um, adrenal, uh, sorry, they can have androgen deficiencies, androgen excess, estrogen metabolites, phase two problems, phase one problems. There's so many different things that you can see in all these tests and it's really an awesome test. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple moments. Um, a really good test, the runner-up, is Adrenal Saliva Index. I give you a thumbs up if you've done it. Um, I think it's a great test. It looks at your cortisol rhythm. It looks at uh, circadian rhythms, how well the hippocampus is working. And it's telling, it's like the wound-up clock in your brain. And, it's, and it works at the proper times. Um, it tells us about that. It tells us about our DHEA. And you could do an expanded panel and look at estrogen and look at the saliva-free fraction of the hormone. And they're great tests. But I just think that Dutch test is now the one that's on the market. And you'll start to see a lot of tests that are like this. And that's great for us because as technology gets better then you can do all of these tests and that we didn't get all the information that we used to get so I work with patients across the country across the globe where we actually send these kits and then I can do a report and and tell you exactly what we need to do so they're really great tests
The Dutch test it was developed to improve on the available hormone testing options that were that were listed above um, that we've talked about already. Uh, the Dutch test offers more extensive breakdown of adrenal hormones. It looks at the free fraction of the hormone, which when you're looking at saliva hormones, it's the free fraction of the hormone. So what does that mean? That means that you're looking at the part of the hormone that's not bound to a protein. And when it's not bound to a protein, it's available for use. It's free fraction. It's it's there that's available. And and but what what the problem and the short sightedness of a saliva test is the fact that the free fraction of the hormone really only represents one to three percent of the total cortisol that you produce that's used up on a day-to-day -day basis. And so what does that mean? That means if you're really high on your free fraction of your hormone and we conclude that, oh, this is an acute stress response your hormone's really high, whereas a chronic stress response, your hormone would be low. Um, if this is a really, really um, high free cortisol level, and we say, okay, this person has a lot of cortisol in their body, and it only represents 1% to 3% of the total, um, you may tell that person to take some Adrenacom or some phosphatidylserine, settle you down, but it, it would only represent one to 3% of the total. And so when we do the Dutch test, we look at the metabolized cortisol, and I've seen a handful of cases where free cortisol was really high and, and total metabolized cortisol was really low, or vice versa. I've seen where total cortisol was, free cortisol was really low and metabolized was really high. And, and we really need to look at the metabolized portion to really get a good conclusion because it represents 100% of the total cortisol. So the Dutch test does that. The Dutch test also looks at eight different estrogen metabolites, which we want to look at. It looks at phase one and phase two estrogen metabolism. It looks at whether or not you're methylating well in phase two, which we can relate back to your 23andMe and your COMT and your MAO genes. That's a bit of a tough one, so don't stress out about that. Um, it looks at testosterone and DHEA and, and how well um, testosterone is being broken down because a lot of the times you may see females that are really low on DHEA, but when you see how um, testosterone is breaking down, it's going towards a more androgenic 5-alpha uh, pathway, and, and then that's going to be problematic for giving that person DHEA. They could get um, facial hair, they could cause more inflammation, be more at risk for polycystic ovarian syndrome and and so your test is only as good as the information it gives you and I really think that the the Dutch test is the way to go nowadays as well it looks at the circadian rhythm we talked about that um, they're also done at different times of the day I really like that it does it at the time of the day where you're having your dinner so you have your dinner a little bit different time than I have my dinner um, it also does it before bedtime. You go to bed different than I go to bed. It does it when you wake up, which is different than when I wake up. And then obviously two hours is going to be the same. But it's going to look at it as circadian rhythm. And we can get a lot of information on how that hippocampus integrity is working. And if it's not working well, then we know that that patient is tired in the night. Uh, sorry, tired in the morning and, and, and maybe getting a little energy during the day or crashing at the wrong parts of the day or getting a little more energy at the end of the night. We know that their, their clock is broken and that's when I'll ask them, tell me about the memory, tell me about your focus, tell me about just being sharp on the ball and typically we know that that hippocampus breaking down is going to cause um, some temporal lobe weakness and, and so we can do some, a lot of different things for that as well. Um, the Dutch test, another benefit is that it um, you can look at monitor hormone replacement, which is really great. You can see if a person's doing the right thing with their hormones. 
Um, this also allows me to send it across the world, um, which is great. And then we can also look at phase one and phase two of metabolism for liver, liver function. Um, the X factor that every adrenal sufferer must learn. In 2003, the Human Genome Project completed its genetic coding for the human body and discovered a whole host of health factors that we never were aware of before. And without getting too scientific, the results of the Human Genome Project allowed us to identify altered genes that we termed as mutated, which kind of gives that a scary X-Men feeling, but it just means that they're not working in, in an optimal efficiency. And when they're not working in optimal efficiency, um, they don't produce energy as much. And because there's 250 cellular activities in the body that require us to produce energy properly, um, when these, these things are not working at, at optimal efficiency, then we can start to understand where the breakdowns are occurring. So we basically cracked open Pandora's box to understanding the causes of energy production, because that's the problem is energy production. And when you're stressed from life events, divorces, financial struggles, health crises, uh, employment issues, environmental exposures, pathogenic infections, blood sugar instability, liver congestion, congestion hormonal break in, breakdown, all place an increased demand for these genes to work better. So what I say is that these stressors, they, they expose your weaknesses. And when you combine that with gene expression, you get that perfect storm. You get that combination of environmental factors with genetic factors, and that causes your fatigue. And if you're not using the information from these X factors, then you're, you're not going to truly recover. And I do really believe that. So um, let's move on here. An easy and effective adrenal fatigue protocol. Number that's, I, I call it a three-step process. And, and sometimes we can change the order on this, but I think this is really the way to go. Step one is you want to reduce inflammation. I mean, that's what's causing the continuation of the stress response. And you have to identify all sources of inflammation. Um, and you want to identify it through lifestyle changes as well. I, you know, I, I said in a post the other day that emotional issues trump your, your, a lot of your chemistry. And, you know, if you're in a toxic relationship or you have a toxic job, of course you can't just leave it today and, and be done with it. But realize that you are really not being truthful to yourself by thinking, okay, my functional medicine doctor is not helping me or the supplements aren't working because those are drops in the, in the, in the, in the ocean to your stressors that you're doing every day because those stressors are causing your, your perfect storm um, methylation issues to be exposed and you need to reduce those. So typically I won't go after infections right away. We'll try to calm down that stress response, breathing, heart rate variability monitoring to isolate certain stressors in your body, um, some kind of parasympathetic activity so that you can, you can just really calm those adrenals down. Um, step two, adrenal recovery through adrenal protocols. Um, you, you know, some patients that I talk to, they crash when they take some stimulants because those adrenals are too fatigued. You want to do some just very, very easy, easy going supplements just to try to give it a little bit of a, of a improved metabolism. And then step three is typically to kill the bugs. And so a lot of the patients I work with or I've talked to, they've done gut protocols and that crashed them. 
because they weren't ready for it uh, or they've done liver detoxes and they and that crashed them they weren't ready for it or they've done heavy metal toxicity testing and, and that crashed them because they weren't ready for it so um, lab testing is essential um, plus diet and lifestyle and coaching I really think that you need someone who understands how this is all coming together and how it works two common failures I see is lab testing issues so ACTH testing and and also um, looking at your morning cortisol and also just doing saliva samples and not looking at how things are breaking down from a metabolite point of view and then a lot of doctors use the wrong sequences so they're close and I and I always say little hinges swing big doors and one to three percent of the changes make 97 percent of the improvements and so you can lose that first 10 pounds when you're 50 pounds overweight it's that last 10 pounds that really really is the difficult part and so that's what makes all the differences in the world is just the small little tweaks and small little tweaks could be the sequence at which you're you're implementing your protocols and so that's that's a big aha moment for you as well so i know i raced through that um uh, i have a couple conclusions here and i will open it up for questions here at the end um, but i have a couple case studies um david he had really, really high TP antibodies, um, HSV virus, EBV virus, and his adrenals, and this was before I was using Dutch test, um, his adrenals were flatlined. I mean, I think total cortisol output was less than 10, and it needs to be somewhere between 20 to 40. So he was just exhausted. And we, we didn't just clean up the gut, um, but we had understood his uh, methylation issues. We understood his stress. We understood his breathing. Um, we understood his his gut breakdown, um, and we put together a good sequence. And the sequence was to try to get him out of sympathetic fight or flight mode. And then when he was ready, we did some adrenal support. And then when he was ready, we did some gut protocols. And when he was ready, we did some some viral viral stuff. And and his his I wish I had it. I don't have it. I tried to get it for you guys and show you his how nicely his his cortisol levels came back. Um, Gloria, she had really high antibodies. She was insulin resistant. We put her on a ketogenic diet and her A1C like went down to, I think it was like 6.2, 6.3 and it went down to like 5.6. It was awesome. And her cortisol levels went up to tw by 20 points. So those are some great, great things you can do when you understand and do the proper testing and the proper sequence. What's next? Um, I have an invitation for you guys to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, what the way it works is I do have a busy practice where I see patients in my office um, so I only accept five new adrenal fatigue slash thyroid Skype consults per month um, and the way it works is typically the first appointment is an in-depth one-hour case review where we dive deep into your history and that's a huge important thing to do um, because there's so many clues that are revealed like where you grew up or what kind of stressor your mother had when she was carrying you or did um, you um, did you grow up in a toxic environment did you have any antibiotic exposures did you have your amalgams removed um, what's your eating habits like right now when did all of this take a turn for the worst um, what were you doing at the time when it took a turn for the worst what have you done I mean those are just things that are common sense that you're not being asked um, we need to get into that um, we'll go in depth uh, in terms of a health plan for six months, what I would recommend to you, um, covering everything from foods to eat, additional supplements to take, 
and what tests I would recommend you do in a sequential order. Um, we also set up a plan for regular check-ins so that you'll have all the accountability and support you need to be successful. Um, sorry about that, went the wrong way. Uh, I'm also excited to, to let you know that one-on-one, -on -one, working with me one-on-one, -on -one, I do a one payment of $300. Uh, but because you've listened tonight, I've put together an adrenal fatigue recovery program, and I think this is a great opportunity for you guys. So the way it works is I have a one-hour troubleshooting session. That's typically $300. Um, the Dutch comprehensive test, that's $250, and they can mail that to where you are. And then the interpretation is, is typically $149. So if you added all of that up, that would be $699. But for listening to the seminar tonight, my total price is $498. So you're getting some really good savings. You don't have to commit to any long-term protocols, although I do recommend a typical, um, uh, we call it a, a three-month provisional type of protocol. And if you're willing, we do a six-month protocol, and I'll tell you how that works. Um, but for the first pe 10 people that respond to this offer before June 12th, which is this Sunday, then I'm going to uh, allow you to get in at $498, which I think is a great, great offer, a great deal for you guys. Um, so in summary, once you get to the checkout page, enter your billing information, and as soon as your order is approved, you'll get instant access to my scheduling software. Had a couple people sign up, and they and I'm just sort of getting used to this new software, and they didn't schedule their appointment, so now I have to figure out how to how to get the company to to send an email to have you guys schedule. So make sure you do that. Otherwise, you may get upset with me that you didn't have a schedule yet, and I gotta do some paper paper tracing, and then all of a sudden I get adrenal fatigue again because because I'm getting stressed out. Um, but I want to thank you for joining on the line today. I want to help you with your journey to recover from your adrenal fatigue nightmare. I got a couple people that told me they didn't really like my adrenal fatigue ninja. And I did that because I wanted to have some kind of avatar or something that would make you guys remember me. So I got to get you guys to vote and tell me if you like it or you don't like it. I'm not sure if you do or not. Um, uh, thanks for being here today. I had so much fun together. Again, um, we can book a one-hour case review to work with me one-on-one uh, -on, -one on that discounted rate. And like I said, once you sign up, you'll be scheduled to work with me. And I really look forward to working with you guys. Just think about how serious this is causing you to break down. Actually, I just had a young guy come in today, and he's a sales guy, and he was trying to sell me life insurance and tell, asking me about my retirement plan and, and yada, yada, yada. And so anyways, um, you know, we were talking about healthcare and we were talking about reimbursements. And, and I don't take very much insurance nowadays because it really only gives me 15 to $25 a visit. And then patients get mad at me when I tell them their insurance doesn't cover very much. They don't cover Dutch testing. They don't cover 23andMe. They don't cover saliva samples. They don't cover your supplements. They don't cover gluten reactivity or microbiome testing or organic acid testing. At least they don't for, for me to order those tests. And they get mad at me. And, uh, and, and I thought, well, don't shoot the messenger. I'm not the one. I want this to be paid for so I can help you and you can get better. It's not me who's charging you because I want to. I'm charging you because insurance doesn't pay me. And so I tell patients that, and, and it makes me frustrated because I know if they had a plumbing problem or they had an electrical problem or, God forbid, their transmission fell out in their car and they needed to get to work, they're going to spend $200, $400, $600, $2,000. They may go to the next mechanic or electrician and say, hey, how much do you charge? Um, that other guy was 2000 That This guy's 1700 He goes, okay, that's a better deal. Maybe I'll try one more guy. 
but they're not going to go to Walgreens and take a pill or they're just going to put their head in the sand and, and wish that their insurance covered it. Um, they're going to get it fixed. But when it comes time to investing in yourself, in your body that you live in 24 hours a day, there's always that hesitancy. And, I, and I, it's a real shame. And it's a lot of it is insurance's, insurance's fault, but a lot of it is your fault for, for not investing in your health. And, and what better tool or what better investment is your health and I know it's hard based on 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 money struggles and and that's some of the reason why you have these problems in the first place but those that are willing to do it um, save up their money and and they get better because they're they're willing to, to invest in their health and they know what they're missing out on they know they can't travel they know that they're not enjoying their retirement years they know that they have grandchildren that they want to be lucid and, and focused for they know that they need to be working and they make the investment so it's a little bit of tough love for you guys um, but uh, I hope you guys decide to take advantage of that offer so I'm gonna go over to these questions now see how this works um, and again here we are Q&A um, see all questions I'm gonna refresh here okay I was trying to call in and and although I signed up I did not receive an ID number all right Denise um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say on the um, Facebook page for Denise I'll send you the link and that's really it I don't have any other questions so um, I hope you guys had fun tonight and I look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Once again, my name is Dr. Joel Rosen. I am the Adrenal Fatigue Recovery Ninja. Looking forward to helping you recover with your adrenal fatigue nightmare. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, what are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism, and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen and we'll talk to you soon.